Welcome to Lunch Break, a special weekly series of the Eternal Entrepreneur that gives you bite-sized pieces of wisdom on how to build a functional faith and business. Each episode unpacks a short, actionable topic you can put into practice this week. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to another Lunch Break. My name's Joe Newton and I'm one of the co-hosts at the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I want to talk about ideal client and niche. And in fact, I'm going to make this a little bit of a series, at least from my episodes. We're going to dig into what an ideal client is, why you would want to choose an ideal client or a niche for you and your business. And then we're going to walk through the process of a couple of exercises that are going to help you and your business personally define that ideal client, as well as how to start to talk to and market to that specific client or niche. Okay, let's start off with what is an ideal client or a niche? And in simplest terms, for me, an ideal client is that type of client that you have that if you could multiply them and do a hundred more of them and only work with that client, that is your ideal client. That is the person who is going to pay for the product or service that you offer, who's going to appreciate that product or service, who's going to refer you to friends and family, or if it's a specific product, they're going to tell others, they're going to become the brand ambassador for it. Or maybe it's as simple as that specific person consistently purchases that product or service that has the greatest margin for you built in. So it's the most profitable person for you to work with. It's the type of person that isn't going to suck away your time by constantly ringing your phone just to micromanage what you're doing. You get the idea. Your ideal client is the person who you would ideally work with, who makes working with them easy, as well as respects, honors, and can pay for your product. Now, that's just at a high level. I want to start to go into now about why it why it's important, why we would want to take the time to think about our ideal client, why we would want to identify this niche, and why we would want to set down other opportunities to work with those people specifically. And to do that, I, I want to give a little bit of a story of a past client of mine. His name's Will, and the things that we're going to be able to take away from this story can be applied to almost any type of business, trade, or niche. But Will specifically was a home remodeler. And the way he got into home remodeling was that he used to be a builder. So he literally built homes from the ground up. He could do it all. He could put down new foundations. He could remodel bathrooms. He could do outdoor living. He could put in a skylight, add on a second floor. He had the ability and the skills to do everything when it came to building or remodeling a home. And when he first began his business, he did. He would work with anybody almost anywhere on any project. I remember he helped build a cabin out in East Texas. Uh, we're in around the Dallas area. He was going down to Houston for remodeling projects. He was driving all over the Metroplex. He was going anywhere and everywhere that there was a client who said they were willing to pay him. 
And that's not horrible, especially when you start off a business on day one. When it comes to an ideal client, there's a really good chance that you're not going to know who that ideal client is. So maybe for a season, you do just need to scatter seed. You need to go and test the waters to, to see what it is you like to do, what margins are the best in different areas. So I'm not saying that it's bad, especially when you're starting off to, to work with almost anyone and everyone. But as soon as you can, it becomes really important for us to identify that ideal client. And we're going to get into the specific reasons, but I want to talk about the reason that Will didn't want to make the transition to niching down to a specific product and a specific type of client. Because the fear that he was dealing with is a fear that I think most of, if not all of us, who are owning and operating a business for the first time run up against. And that fear is the fear of losing business or more specifically losing opportunities. You want to start a business to make money. So when someone comes to you and says, hey, I will pay you money for this type of service, our default is yes, I will take your money and I will provide that service. <laughs> but the problem comes when we walk in fear in life. And I know for me, especially with my walk in God, one of my big barometers is, am I making this decision out of fear or am I making this decision out of a place of peace? And, and hopefully, am I making this decision out of a place of hearing God and being able to walk in the wisdom that he's given me? But I know that if, if I'm making a decision that's based in fear, most likely that's out of my flesh and I need to reevaluate why I'm making that decision. And that's going to be a whole uh, lunch break in and of itself. But, but I do want to share that with you as you're listening because let's be honest, as, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we deal with a lot of emotions and, and, and we have a lot of fears that hit us throughout the day. And this is one of the big ones. So when I bring up the idea, like I did with Will, of niching down, of identifying an ideal client, he had this fear of, I don't want to lose business. I don't want to lose money to go focus on one or two things when these other people are, are offering me work. Now, Let's let's talk about real quick what are the cost of not choosing a niche? What is the cost of not identifying an ideal client? Because this is the battle that 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 we're dealing with here. It's like, well, what's the ROI of 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 choosing an ideal client? And and to do that, I, I want to go through a couple of things that happen when we don't define an ideal client or niche down. And the first one of those, because it's close to my heart, I'm a systems guy. My main business right now is helping business owners to systematize, document, and scale their businesses. I want to get business owners to the place that whenever they want, they can unplug for six weeks from their business, go take a vacation, sew into their family, and have that balance. But by not choosing an ideal client, it makes it really hard to systematize and scale. So to go back to, to Will and his business, 
when when he was first starting off, like I said, he had the ability to do it all. He could do an addition to a home. He could do a bathroom remodel, a kitchen remodel, adding on square footage, even height to the ceiling in the master bedroom. He could go outside, build you a pergola, outdoor kitchen. He had the ability to do it all. And at that time, he was doing it all. <laughs> and the problem with that when it comes to systematizing and scaling is each one of those different projects has a slightly different system to it. So if you're doing eight different types of projects, it's going to become really hard for you to build a system, a repeatable system that gets you consistency with each and every one of those. Because you're going to have to build that for each one of those projects to be able to get a consistent product uh, created when you bring in someone else other than yourself. And even for yourself, I mean, when you have all of those plates spinning on the day-to-day, -day, it can be really hard to remember all of those little details. So, so that's the first thing. Not having a niche or an ideal client that you deal with makes it so that you're complicating by, by 10x your, your business. So that's, that's the first thing. It becomes much harder to systematize and scale your business. The second thing deals with the 80-20 the principle in, in two different ways because I find a lot of the times there are certain clients that we have that take a lot more of our time. <laughs> they, either their default is to micromanage or maybe they have a fear or maybe they're just that type of personality that when they get on the phone with you, they like to talk. But for whatever reason, Many times there are specific type of clients that take a lot more of our time than others. And, and this even goes down to your, your specific profits. Many, many, many times, if you have multiple services or products that you offer, if you look at your books at the end of the year, you're probably going to notice that there is around that 20% of your clients that are taking a lot less of your time, but they're producing a lot more of, of your funds. And, and I also find that those 20% also tend to be the ones that refer you more, that appreciate your, your services, that are going to be the ones that are going to become the advocates for your business. So that's, that's the second thing that it does is it sucks your time because your mind is divided in so many different places, as well as you're working with clients. You're not saying no to people. So there are certain clients that are just going to suck so much more of your time than others. Now, the third thing that, that we deal with when we don't choose a niche or identify an ideal client is our effectiveness of marketing. For marketing, the more specific you can get, the better. Because if you market to everyone, in essence, you're marketing to no one. Now, the quick example I, I like to give of this is, is as a realtor, I found out there were studies done that most people only have one or two cogs in their brain for a specific subject matter. It, think of it as one or two people who they think of as experts in an area. And if I have two realtors that, that I have conversations with, and one of those says, hey, yep, I'm a realtor in the state of Texas, I'm a real estate agent, 
I can do it all. I can help first-time buyers. I can help those retirees looking to sell their current home and move to a lake house. I can help them even buy a fourplex or an apartment complex or a retail center or a strip mall. I can help them do all of that. And though, again, it might be technically true that with your license, you can do it all, that, 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 that's not very specific. Now, if I'm having that conversation with that person who says, yep, I'm a real estate agent, I can do every type of real estate agent or real estate transaction. And then I go and have a conversation with another agent who says, yep, I, I, I'm a real estate agent in the, the state of Texas, but my real niche who I can help the best is first time home buyers. I love working with that person who is just getting ready to purchase their first home. They have a lot of questions. I, I can train them and help them navigate that really well. I've got uh, relationships with, with amazing bankers who are going to be able to get them those type of loans that even if it's at a low down payment, they're going to get in that house. I also know about all these grants, both for cities and counties and even on a state level, that it can help bring them funds for closing. I'm a really well equipped equipped and I help first time home buyers. Now, if I go and have a, a conversation later with friends and family and I have someone come up to me, he's like, Hey, I'm thinking about buying a home. Who am I more likely to remember? Especially if they're a first time home buyer, if they mention, yeah, we just saved up. We're, we're looking around on Zillow. We're, we're, we're thinking we're ready to buy our first home. Who am I more likely to connect them with that specific person who had a very niche market that they serve or the guy who said, yeah, I can do it all. Most likely I'm going to go with that one who's really specific, even if they don't tell me a first time home buyer, just because I got the real confidence that this person in real estate is excellent. So that's, that's a quick example. One example of how your, your marketing effectiveness just goes through the roof the more specific you can get because you're talking to the specific person that you want to work with, not everyone. And the final thing that, that happens when you don't choose a niche kind of correlates from all of those coming together, which is profits. You make less when you don't niche down. You're not able to systemize. You're not able to scale. Therefore, you're not able to grow your business as quickly. You're taking up so much of your time serving all different kinds of people, which means you're, ser you're, you're, you're having to fix so many different problems that you're not getting paid for. And you're not getting as many leads coming in because you're not marketing specifically to the type of person that you want to work with. So all of that leads to you're not making as much uh, coming in through revenue and you're not making as much net profit because you're having to spend a lot more of your time in the business. So let's go back to, to, to recap to, to my, 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 my client's story, Will. So he was in that place to where he was doing everything. He was doing additions, all of it. And, and he wasn't making a huge profit. He was doing well, but he, he was in a place of, of frustration because he wasn't able to, to scale his business. And after a while, through a couple of conversations, he decided to, to niche down to just bathroom 
and kitchen remodels. He said, this is, this is what I do. This is what I do really well. These are very similar as far as the trades that I use so I can systematize and streamline this and use the same type of people as well as the margins were really good for him and those type of products. So he niched down to those two. And within a year, he's doubled his revenue. He's getting a lot more referrals and he's getting a lot more business that he likes to work with. He's not, he specifically said there's a, and there's an area that he'll work within. He's not going literally all over the state. He's working within a specific area with a specific type of person who's doing, who wants a specific service and it's simplified everything. He's made two more hires. He's booked out for months. And a large part of that was due to him identifying the specific niche and ideal client that he wanted to work with most. I know I've thrown a lot at you in this episode. And all I want you to do for our action today is just take a couple of minutes and ask yourself, with the type of clients that you're working with, or if you haven't started, the type of clients that you would want to work with, is there an ideal client? Is there someone that you consistently come back to and say, hey, they are a breeze to work with. These people don't have a problem paying for my services. This is the type of person, if I could multiply them by 100, I would do it in an instant. So just take a couple of minutes and, and ask yourself those questions. Who do you think might be your ideal client? And next time that, that I have a lunch break, I want to start taking us through a couple of processes that are going to make it even easier to, to refine and define who that person is and begin to speak their language so that you can get even more of those opportunities. I'll see you next week and we'll catch you next time on the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a quick review. When you do, it helps other entrepreneurs find this content and benefit from it too. See you next week.